As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and this is Wednesday. And tonight I'm here with Denise and Joel and Maxine. Guys, welcome to Home Group. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are glad to be with you. I feel it. I know it. And we're glad to be with you, Home Group. We're so excited that you take your time to be with us. And we hear from you. Oh, thank you for writing us and telling us what you're receiving on these home groups. Because we feel your presence. And we have that promise from God that where two or more are gathered together in his name, that there he is in the very midst of us. Joel, and his presence is here with us. Absolutely. It's so exciting to be together. And friends, please click that little like button. It needs to turn blue. That's how you know when it turns liked. But please do that. When you do that, this video can go to more and more people, and people need to hear about the Bible. And that's what we're studying here. And this week, we're studying 10 Powerful Women. This series is so rich. Denise, it turned out a lot richer than I expected. Oh, it's so powerful, Rick. I, I just love every one of those. And, of course, we did these programs together in the regular TV program. But tonight, we're going to talk about Mary Magdalene. But, by the way, the study guide is free. All you have to do is go to render.org and download it. You get it in your computer immediately. Joel? The, the woman that you, spoke, that you speak about in that series I like the most is the unnamed woman. I know. Noah's wife. Noah's, Noah's wife. wife. Isn't that dramatic? The unknown woman. Well, it's hysterical because the Bible says Noah begat three sons. I'm like, <laughs> he did? That's very interesting. Did he do it by himself? There was a woman there. And... We just call her Mrs. Noah because the Bible doesn't tell us her name. That woman changed history. She was a powerful woman. She's one of my favorite women in the Bible. And we don't even know her name, Denise. You'll get to meet her in heaven. We will. We'll, 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 are you Mrs. Noah? Can you please tell me, what is your name? <laughs> my name is Clara. <laughs> Clara. <laughs> Clara Noah. That's very interesting. Well, Mama, let's not make up stuff, okay? Well, I know her name's not Clara. Well, it could be. But... But uh, she does have a name, and we're going to find out. All right. Well, we're also offering you the entire series, 10 Powerful Women. This is 10 parts. And by the way, in a few weeks, we're going to talk about 10 Powerful Men. And it also is riveting. It is such a good series. And we're also offering you right now the book called All the Women of the Bible. Denise, when we were filming this series, kept saying, I want that book. When this series is finished, I want that book. Because this book is really, really helpful. It covers more than 400 women in the Bible. Some of their names we know, some of them we don't know. If you're ever reading the Bible and it talks about a woman, you think, I wonder who she is. What was her name? Where did she come from? Why is she here? This book will tell you. This is an amazing book and you will use it and use it and use it again and again. And if you need prayer, please remember that we're here for you and we want to pray for you. We are a ministry who really, really prays. When you tell us how to pray, we get busy praying for you. But we need to know how. And when you contact us by calling us or by sending us your email, we begin to really, really pray for you. And I want to also remind you that right now you can order our new autobiography called Unlikely. Our faith-filled journey to the ends of the earth. That's right. And people are ordering that autobiography. I'm so thrilled. You know why we're thrilled? Because we want that book to encourage other people to go on a faith-filled journey. 
That's right. It's not just about our story. It's about encouraging other people to take that journey of faith. That is exactly right. Well, tonight we're going to talk about Mary Magdalene, who was a very, very powerful woman who really got a bad rap. She has been called a prostitute for centuries. Did you know the Bible never tells us that Mary was a prostitute? The Bible never tells us that. But there was a pope who in one of his annual messages alleged, he didn't even say it, he alleged, he suggested that Mary had been a prostitute and it caught on. And from that time until this time, everybody says Mary was a prostitute. That is not in the Bible. You cannot find it. Was she a prostitute? I don't know. I don't know how you can even allege it. It's not in the Bible. But what do we know about Mary Magdalene? Well, let's see. Let's go to Luke chapter 8, verses 2 to 3, where she is listed with a group of women. And this is what the Bible says. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, one is called Mary, called Magdalene. Why is she called Magdalene? From Magdala. She was from Magdala. That was a city right on the coast of the Sea of Galilee. You can go there. There's a wonderful synagogue you can now visit there. She was from Magdala. So she was Mary called, she was Mary the Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. That's why people think she was a prostitute. And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Harris, Stuart, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. This verse says, this group of women ministered to Jesus out of their substance. Let's talk about that. These are powerful, powerful women. You know why? Because they underwrote the ministry of Jesus. Think of the reward of these women. And the Bible only mentions a few of them by name and then says many others. We don't even know their names. But these women used their resources to make sure they could get the ministry of Jesus to as many people as possible. And they were so serious in the way they did it that the word ministered is a form of the Greek word diakonos. And listen to what it means. It describes a high-level servant, sophisticated and highly trained servants who served the needs of others, servants who painstakingly attended to the needs and wishes of their clients. These women really took their jobs seriously and professionally. They knew what their assignment was. They were partners with Jesus' ministry. And my friends, if you are a partner, what you're doing is so serious. And I want to say thank you for being a partner with our ministry. What you do, the way you serve, what you give is enabling the teaching of the Bible to go to people all over the planet. You are very, very powerful. And when you look at this list, it's a group of women. These were powerful, powerful women. And let's look again and see what it says in Luke chapter 8, verse 2 and 3. And certain women which had been healed out of, of evil spirits and infirmities. And if you go to the end of verse 3, it says they ministered unto Jesus of their substance. Interesting, you guys, these were rich women. Because the word substance describes their goods, their possessions, or their properties. One man has even inferred it was the rental income from their properties. These were well-to-do women. God loves to use everybody, and he loves to use well-to-do people. And these were well-to-do women. And it says they were healed of evil spirits and infirmities. infirmities. The word healed is very important because in Greek it is the word therapeia, which means therapy. 
They were therapied. Well, you know, once I broke this arm. Denise and I were in Athens celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. And Denise and I decided to take a trip down to Corinth. And we were walking up to the top of the Acre Corinth, which few people do because it is so strenuous to get there. It's very hard. And I slipped. And when I fell, I fell on this hand and I broke this hand. Well, they rushed me to a hospital in Athens. That was quite an experience, wasn't it, Denise? Quite an experience. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> I remember being in that hospital. And the, all of a sudden, I heard the doctor say, let's just do it. <laughs> I remember thinking, do what? And before they even told me, they pulled, they squeezed, they put that. I'm, I'm sure I sounded like a woman having a baby all over. I mean, I screamed bloody murder. It hurt so bad. Well, we had to be, end up on an airplane going back to the States to have a surgery. And I've got a big scar on my hand where they put a plate and put screws in my hands. And even though they did all that, I couldn't use my hand. I, it was like an atrophy, didn't it? It just froze in place. And I had to go for therapy. Everybody say therapy. 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 Well, the only way you can be helped by a therapist is if you cooperate. I mean, a therapist can't make you squeeze the ball. No. A therapist can't make you move your fingers. A therapist can tell you what to do. And guess what else? One trip to a therapist isn't going to do a thing. You have to go again and again and again and again and again and again until finally you rehabilitate whatever you're therapying. Well, the use of this word therapy implies these women had such serious problems that one touch from Jesus was not enough. They had to keep coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back. And just like layers can be peeled off of an onion, every time they were touched by Jesus, another layer of bondage, another layer of infirmity, another layer of something troubling was being peeled off of their lives. No wonder they loved him so much. They kept going back and every time they left him, something else had been peeled off of their lives. They were addicted to Jesus because he was just slowly, progressively therapying them and transforming them. That is amazing to me. And that's not all. And by the way, if you were touched by the Lord once and you need to come back for another touch, that's fine. Keep coming back and coming back and coming back. But it says they had been healed of evil spirits. Listen to this. This is what the Greek word means. The word evil is the Greek word poneros. Maxime, you know that word. The word poneros describes disaster, harm, or danger, that which is malignant or malicious, something that is foul, vile, hostile, Ugh. that which is not only dangerous to the body, but that which is dangerous to the mind or to the spirit. It depicts spirits that are wicked, unholy, and impure, and it is the same word that was used to describe animals that were savage, wild, vicious, and dangerous. These women had been taken with really malignant, foul, vile, malicious spirits. It is amazing. And these spirits were so deeply entrenched in them, the therapy, they kept coming back to Jesus. Every time they came, they felt a little better. And they came again, they felt a little better. And now they're very deeply, deeply devoted to Jesus because of what he's done in their lives. And by the way, it also says infirmities. The word infirmities, the Greek word asthenia, 
an all-encompassing term which embraces all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. And among them was, according to verse 2, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. You know, it makes me wonder if they all went out at once or if they came out one at a time because of this word therapy. She kept coming back. And every time she came, she experienced more deliverance and more release. But notice the Bible says, out of whom went. In Greek, it's a compound. The word ex means out as to make an exit. And the word erkomai, which means to journey or to go. But when you compound the two words together, it means to make an exit, to go out, to drive out, or even to escape. It can be translated to escape. Well, even if all the devils went out at once, much like she would still need therapy. Oh, she would need restoration. Those devils could have created health problems. But they went out. And by the word, the word devils, the Greek word daimonion, is evil spirits, devils or demons. This word could depict, listen to this. This is a very important, very, very important. It could depict a person deemed insane. In both secular and New Testament writings, it depicted those possessed with evil spirits who suffered, listen, who suffered spirit-inflicted mental or physical infirmities, which means some mental and physical infirmities are spirit-inflicted. And these women had experienced spirit-inflicted trauma in their mind or in their body. But when you go to Mark 16, verse 9, it tells us something else. And in Mark 16, verse 9, it says that Jesus cast out these seven devils. Cast out the Greek word ekbalo. I love the word ekbalo. The word ek means out, like an exit. The word balo means to throw something like a ball or a rock. But when you compound the two words together, cast out the Greek word ekbalo means to evict. He evicted them out of her. Historically, it was used to describe a nation that forcibly removed its enemies from its borders, which tells us Jesus said to those devils, excuse me, this is God's property. You have no right to be here. And Jesus evicted those spirits from her. Isn't that amazing? No wonder she was so devoted to Jesus. He had transformed her life. And she became a powerful, powerful woman. She was so transformed that Mary Magdalene, traveled very frequently with the apostles. If you read the story, she's always nearby. She's a real follower. She's using her substance, her funds, to support the ministry of Jesus. She was there at the cross. She was there at the resurrection. And Mary Magdalene was the first to preach the gospel. She was there on the day of Pentecost. It is amazing. This was a woman who started as a mess, but she became a powerful, powerful woman. One of these days, and when we get to heaven, I'm going to look forward to meeting Mary Magdalene. What a powerful woman this woman was. She was powerful. And you know, Rick, I love, uh, well, I, have, I want to look at it. It's in John, and it's um, uh, where, where uh, she sees Jesus. And, um, and she is so disturbed because she's out in the garden and she's so disturbed that she thinks that she can roll that stone away, carry Jesus' body away. But she's so committed that she's there. And, she, and she's crying. And, 
And Jesus comes up to her. You know the story, but Jesus comes up to her and he says to her, why are you crying? And then who are you looking for? This is after Jesus was risen. Yeah. He knows why she's crying. He knows who she's looking for. But he was so tenderly talking to her, inviting her into his space, though he had not risen unto the Father yet. That's amazing. And then, you know, she she said, Rabbi, and she started to hug him, and he said, don't, don't touch me yet. I, I haven't sinned it to my Father. And what I want to say is our worship, our waiting on God is so powerful. Her waiting on God, her worship was so powerful that Jesus stopped. It was the most historical moment in his ministry to ascend unto the Father. He stopped for her. And that says to me that Jesus will stop for us when we're seeking him, we're hunger after him, and he'll come with what we need. That's powerful. Wow. Any comments, guys? It's just very enjoyable to study. Mary Magdalene. Well, she was a powerful woman, powerful woman who got a bad rap because one pope made a wrong statement, called her, suggested that she was a prostitute. The Bible doesn't say that. She did have a problem with demons. Jesus cast out seven. We don't know whether he did it at once or progressively. That word therapy is really an interesting word. It's really interesting. I don't know. You've got to cooperate with God if you want to be healed. He will therapy you. And that word therapy, the Greek word therapeia, it's one of the words mainly used to describe Jesus' healing ministry in the Bible, which means when Jesus healed people, he required them to do something. He told a man with a withered hand, what did he say? Stretch forth your hand. The man had to participate. He had to cooperate. And as he cooperated, he was therapied. That's what the Greek says. And if anybody ever prays with you to be healed and they say, bend over, lift your leg, raise your arm, do it. They're not playing games with you. They're trying to get you to cooperate so that healing power can take root. Joel? I was just thinking to myself, if, if this group of women, they followed Jesus everywhere he went, I bet they knew each other well. You know, Mary Magdalene. Oh, I bet they did too. Jonah, Susan, and many others. I bet they sat together in the crowd and they were the ones who took notes. And they're, you know, Jesus probably looked out to them sometimes. And I bet it was a really fun group. I bet it was too. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.